All right, T Crew, welcome to a brand new episode of Tea Talk with Shaw. Today, we're going to be talking about all the trending topics all over social media and the internet. And we're also going to be doing a deep dive into TikTok approval for music. What is going on there? You're not going to want to miss this episode. Stay tuned. All right, tea crew, we have a full pot of tea, so let's get right into it. So the first topic, Meet the Barkers (laughs) 2.0. That's a little joke for the millennials. Some of y'all will get it if you know, you know. Um, But Courtney and Travis got married this weekend in a Catholic Gothic style to the tune of $7 million for their wedding. Um, It was insanely beautiful. It was on a Italian mountaintop. Um, Courtney had custom dresses for both the wedding and the reception. She did a white mini dress with a long veil uh, with the Virgin Mary um, in the lace. And then Travis did a black tux with a, uh, Catholic cross at the, um, tie point there. Um, all the family was wearing black. Chloe even had like a golden, um, kind of Virgin Mary-esque headpiece on. Um, Kim went platinum blonde and she did all black. I think they had the kids in like gray, red, and black. It was just like all over the place. Um, I don't know. It, it, it definitely wasn't my taste, but a lot of people liked the gothic look. It definitely was really Courtney and really Travis. Um, I can say that, but then some people started pointing to the fact that maybe, you know, since Kanye isn't there to style the family anymore, that they are going to be less stylish overall of what they had on. Now they were in Italy, I think about the weekend, maybe a long weekend. They're still there now, I believe. And the wedding happened on Saturday or so. So um, they were there for the whole weekend and people were just like the outfits that they had on in Italy were just tragic. Someone called Kanye, Kanye zoom in and do a conference and see if he can salvage some of their looks. We all know because the Kardashians are back on their reality show that, um, Kanye had some choice words for the things that, um, Kim wore for her icon award acceptance and that she looked like Marge Simpson and all this stuff. So, um, <laughs> you know, it does beg the question, will the family be as stylish without Kanye and do they now need a little bit of fashion help? I mean, Kim is still the face and spokesperson of Balenciaga. I'm like, why couldn't they just get them to do it? But it was Courtney's wedding and it was what Courtney and Travis wanted. So it makes complete sense to me, the style of the wedding. I just don't know if the execution was there, in my opinion, especially for $7 million and especially for everyone to have custom pieces. I just don't know if it was as cohesive as, I mean, Kylie and um, Kylie and Kendall matched. And then the two daughters, uh, Travis's daughter and Courtney's daughter also matched. Then everybody else was just pure chaos. So I don't know if it made sense to them, made sense. I mean, I haven't seen any group pictures and the ones that you do kind of see of them at the altar look kind of chaotic, but more power to them. I'm glad they were actually able to really tie the knot this time. Um, they had a little municipal ceremony last week and then they went to Italy and did the big thing. 
Um, but I'm happy for them. They seem like a really happy couple and that they're really, you know, in love. But, you know, that's how it seemed with Shanna at the beginning, too. Just saying. I'm just saying. For those that I kind of mentioned it in the beginning of the topic, but for those I remember when he had that reality show with Shanna, they just seemed like the cutest little couple, too, in the beginning. You know what I mean? And they had little babies, little blonde haired um little babies running around everywhere and they were just like adorable so i'm just saying i don't know i don't know all right let's move on to the next topic i'm not gonna start anything today y'all i promise i am not gonna be the one i'm happy for the couple we're moving on um Rihanna and ASAP are moving to Barbados to raise their son. So this was something that was rumored. I actually thought that they may have the baby in Barbados, but I was like, okay, that makes sense to have baby in LA. Maybe the medical centers and stuff are a little bit um, higher level that they want to make sure that there's any complications or whatever. They're right there with the best surgeons and everything. So they had, they cleared the floor, um, the entire floor and had their baby in LA. Um, but now it looks like that since the little boy is safely here, Rihanna and ASAP are going to pack him up and move to Barbados. Some people think it's crazy. I think it's a great idea. LA is jam packed full of wildness. Everyone will be wanting to get a picture of the baby. Um, they'd be risking life and limb to see the baby and what the baby looks like and get all in their faces and stuff. It's completely unsafe, um, for new mothers and parents and stuff, especially with COVID flying around. And now we also have like monkey pox flying around and everything else that's going on. I completely understand taking that baby to that mansion in Barbados that is guarded by armed guards, lock and key multiple times in a huge fence and just raise the baby, um, in the lap of luxury with the warm weather and the safety and security, um, that she can get in Barbados versus here and, and the privacy. Um, and especially with ASAP having these legal issues, it's like, why even open yourself up to dealing with that and having your child, even as a baby exposed to that when he needs to deal with those things, he can fly back to LA and deal with that. And then just, you know, hopefully be able to come back to Barbados to peace and calm and quiet. So it makes a lot of sense to me, um, as to why they would do that. And we're wishing the couple the best. I mean, I hope somebody can sneak at least one picture. I would just love to see how gorgeous the baby is, even though I'm sure he's just like out of this world. Gorgeous. Look at the parents. Look at the parents. Look at the material people. <laughs> He's got to be a little showstopper. All right, let's get into the next topic. Will Smith actually foresaw something happening in his life that would affect his career. This is kind of creepy, y'all. So we all know, we discussed multiple times, um, the Will Smith Chris Rock slap at the Oscars, right? Well, a month or so before that, Will Smith sat down with David Letterman for his Netflix show and just described the feeling of he all like being on edge because he felt like something catastrophic was going to happen in his life that was going to remove money from his life, that was going to remove deals from his life. He just saw like kind of like flashes of like prosperity just leaving his life, leaving his life, leaving his life, and he really didn't know how to kind of explain it. 
it. Now he was talking about being nominated for King Richard and like how much that work meant to him to play the legendary father of Venus and Serena Williams. He went into several things um, during the interview, one of which he also talked about having regrets, um, even as an adult, not protecting his mother when she was suffering from domestic violence um, in the home. So he talked about, you know, just wanting to stand up for her. It was just really eerie. I'm not going to lie, watching the, um, the interview because so much of it kind of relates to what ended up happening night of the slap and it's just like wild to me like how your intuition can kick in and tell you certain things that consciously you're thinking about but like physically you don't it's not even in your like aura yet you know what I mean that's why I always go with my gut like whenever my gut is telling me to stay home or that I shouldn't do something I just even if it could seem crazy at the time I just go with my gut because his intuition was kicking like crazy that something could be really really happening I mean people have now rumored that there's a divorce on the horizon between him and um Jada and of course you know we cannot confirm that allegedly 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 but it just kind of makes so much sense the way he was kind of like when you get to the top of the mountain that something is always there to kind of push you over or knock you off of it and all this stuff and I was just like he was foreseeing this event happening and changing the direction and trajectory of his life because if he does go through with this divorce and like things are really really going to change for him um as far as what's coming up next for him do I think he's gonna lose everything absolutely not I think he's super successful as an actor I think he's gonna bounce back from this but just to see that something inside of him was trying to warn him or tell him about you know what was what was to come um is just like wild it was you if you haven't seen the interview I would highly recommend it's like really crazy to watch um all right, the next topic, legs and hips and body, body. <laughs> so Candy Burris is working on a new project in which she was dressed up in a lace, little lace uh, and leather shorts. Um, and she was walking out of her trailer and they captioned it, you know, with this song that she had made over 10 years ago for her stage play, A Mother's Love. And the song has now gone viral. 10 years later, the original footage features a very young Portia Williams and another actress. And basically, you know, Candy is performing in her play A Mother's Love. And there's a song called Legs, Hips, and Body where she's just like, you know, dancing and everything. And it has went viral. They have dubbed this music over everything, including old videos of Temple Run. For those that remember Temple Run, it's basically the video game where you're running and trying to collect prizes and the way she was kind of walking and like you know accentuating her hips and stuff reminding people of temple run y'all are crazy i cannot do this um it was wild that this song went viral 10 years later it every time i hear it, it just makes me laugh and just brings me so much joy but on speak on it this week um Todd was Candy's one of Candy's guests I guess she has multiple guests on speak on it now I it used to be like one video a week but now it's like blowing up her YouTube channel um and which is great for her congrats Candy on another win Candy will get to the bag Candy's going to get to the bag it doesn't matter if it's like stapled to the top of the Himalayas she will climb up there and get to the bag like she's definitely a hustler 
Um, so I have to give her that, but her husband came on speak on it and he began to talk about how Candy is now the queen of Real Housewives of Atlanta. And a lot of people were like, ah, ah, ah. I mean, come on, when you think about Real Housewives of Atlanta, you're thinking about Lanethia Leaks. You're not thinking about anybody else. Let's, let's be a thousand percent clear here. She built the show. She put out the pilot, her and Kim, you know, they, they kicked it off. Kim went on to her own show and her own life and having a million kids and all that, but Nene really stuck around to foster and maintain the franchise. I mean, look at it now. The numbers are lower than they've ever been. Um, it has a lot of people questioning whether they're going to scrap the show entirely. You never would hear that kind of talk um, back in the quote unquote heyday of Real Housewives of Atlanta. So whether she's the queen or she's been on the show for the longest or she's getting paid the most, these are all, you know, points but I feel like the queen of of um Real Housewives of Atlanta is no longer there hence what everything that's been going on that's this is the problem um but legs hips and body I, I need a music video for that that's what we need that's what the streets want <laughs> the streets want that <laughs> all right so the next topic Diddy says that Jay-Z um picked up the ball and filled in the shoes of Big and Pac after they died to continue to push rap forward. So it looks like there was some type of open meeting forum. I don't know if it was Twitter or Clubhouse or what, one of those. And uh, Diddy was in there and he was talking about the influence of Jay-Z and how he kind of picked up the ball after Big and Pac died to keep rap moving forward. And he feels like he's the person that did that. I mean, I could, I could see that. I mean, Jay-Z, especially around that time, the late nineties and early two thousands, he always had a project coming out. He always had a hit on the radio. Um, and he is one of the biggest rappers of our generation, especially to evolve into a mogul, um, something like, you know, on the level of a Diddy or whatever, and, and to kind of build himself from a rapper into that, I, I would say that he kind of picked it up. I mean, I don't know. It d- does Jay-Z have the appeal of a Biggie or Tupac to me? I'm not sure. I know it's controversial. People all have their different opinions, but what do you guys think? Let me know in the comments and I know you'll let me know. You guys definitely let me know when you don't like something. So <laughs> let me know what you guys think in the comments about that if you think that that's a uh equivalent comparison do you think that jay-z alone filled the shoes of biggie and tupac i i don't know i I know he definitely contributed i know he was definitely a, a tastemaker the things that he did and the records that he was on and all this stuff it did make it you know definitely gave it legitimacy and the rap world and the people he picked up and having Kanye come in and all this stuff. So I definitely think that that was, that was definitely a part of it. Um, but I don't know if I would say fill the shoes of, but that's just me. Let me know what you guys think in the comments. All right. And then the last topic here, Tank gives Kelly Rowland her flowers in a major way on one of our favorite podcasts over here, drink champs. He sat down and talked with Noriega, um, about how he felt about working with Kelly Rowland and how much Kelly Rowland really contributed to the Destiny's Child sound and how she really never gets her flowers for that. Now, this is a topic that I'm really, really glad that Tank brought up because I have always felt this way for a long, long time. Um, You guys know like how I feel about Beyonce. I feel like she's talented. I feel like she's incredibly 
hardworking. She, you know, has a vision and a focus and a determination that very few people have. But I also think that things were aligned for Beyonce's success in a way. You know, Matthew Knowles um, helped to create Destiny's Child. He was their manager for a long time. And it was always kind of created to be a launching pad for Beyonce when you really think about it. And the rest of the women that have been involved over the years, most notably Kelly Rowland, because she was the only one who stayed the entire time um, with Beyonce as other members of Toya Luckett and Farah and Michelle Williams, they came in, you know, here and there and filled in as they could, um, you know, with Michelle Williams being the mainstay at the end, but it was just different people. The only two constants were Kelly and Beyonce and with Matthew wanting to ultimately push Beyonce's solo career, Kelly kind of got pushed to the side a lot, but I do feel like Kelly Rowland has such an impact on the Destiny's Child sound. Like when you think about what Destiny's Child sounds like, it it doesn't have that body and that vibrato without Kelly Rowland. And that's basically what he was saying in the in the um interview. Not just her voice, but her input, the way she hears music, the way she can kind of add something to the music where it's lacking she really was is very talented and she really has a gift and um I just love to see when people kind of tell these behind the scenes stories from being in the industry Tank has been in the industry forever um and he's worked with almost everybody so for him to be able to go and give her that kind of you know give her her flowers and that kind of high praise is just like it's just good to see because when you're in a group with somebody like a Beyonce it's so easy to look over for everybody else that also contributed to that kind of success um, because it's just hard to compare anybody to Beyonce. You know what I mean? And it's like, had she been in like a 3LW or a TLC or no offense to those women at all, but I'm just saying in a group that didn't have Beyonce, you know, she could have been the Beyonce of the group. You know what I'm saying? Because she's just that talented. Um, and y'all know I love Kelly down, like Kelly's my favorite, but I'm just really glad that he was able to kind of give her that recognition that the clip is going viral and it's getting out there because I think she's just so talented and she's also just so sweet and so humble as a person that she's not the one to be like me, me, look at me. It's time for Kelly's recognition. Like had he not said that many people wouldn't have thought of that. So I'm glad that he did. All right, everyone, this has been our trending topics for this week. Stay tuned for our sports report. Hello, hello, hello out there, and welcome to the sports update with J-Rob. Today, I will be covering the NBA, so let's get started. The NBA has recently announced their 2022 all-defensive teams, so today I will go over the first team and the second team on the 2022 all-nba defensive first team we have Giannis Antetokounmpo of the Milwaukee Bucks we have Jaron Jackson Jr. of the Memphis Grizzlies we have Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz we have Marcus Smart of the Boston Celtics and we have Michael Burgess of the Phoenix Suns. On the second team, we have Draymond Green of the Golden State Warriors, Bam 
Adebayo of the Miami Heat, Robert Williams of the Boston Celtics, Matisse Thibel of the Philadelphia 76ers, and Drew Holiday of the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, the, the NBA is currently in the conference of finals round of the playoffs and in the Eastern Conference Finals, the Miami Heat lead the Boston Celtics two games to one. And in the Western Conference Finals, the Golden State Warriors lead the Dallas Mavericks three games to zero. And this has been the Sports Update with J-Rob. Have an amazing week. All right, everyone, welcome to the deep dive. This is my favorite part of the podcast where I get to shine a light on something that I've been thinking about all week or something that I think needs more attention. And this topic is definitely one of those topics. So we're talking about today, TikTok approved, why some of our favorite musical artists have not put an album out in a while and why record companies are doing this. So um, I just kind of heard about this story and I was just thinking about like overall, like what drives the music industry today? Like what gets the big deals? What gets people more money? What gets people the signing bonuses? And basically it's going viral on TikTok to the point where now record companies don't want to move forward with new music until there's a viral moment that happens around the song. So for those that don't really kind of, um, understand how TikTok plays a part in this. TikTok, you know, they have the dances, they have the musical challenges. They also like sample little like parts of songs and do different challenges and records and stuff like that. And when you have something like that, you can use the actual music from the artist and put it in your TikTok and post it. And when you do this, it picks up more and more like sound recognition for the song. The song is streamed more and it's just overall going to sell more. And that's what the record companies want. They don't want songs that have not gone viral on social media because they feel like they will not sell enough. Now, what brought this to my attention was Hazley. Hazley is a biracial pop artist and her biggest hit is Bad at Love, but she has tons of other songs. I mean, if you are interested in pop or um, melodic pop, I guess you could say, you've definitely heard of Hazley. She's sold millions of records. She is a pop star in her own right. And people have been asking her, you know, when are we getting new music? What's been going on? You know, she started her family and had a baby, but people are still concerned as to when she's going to finally put new music out. Well, Hazley, I guess, just got fed up and just exposed everything that's going on. And she's like, after eight and eight years in the industry and selling over 185 million records, she's not able to release her music as she wants because it has to go viral on TikTok first. Now, a lot of people thought this may have been an excuse or something that she had kind of made up or conflated because she, you know how people get fed up with the record companies and it's always the company's fault and never their fault. 
Well, Hazley took it a step further when she recorded a conversation with her management and her management was basically telling her that the single cannot come out until there's artwork and until there's a clip that can be distributed all over um, TikTok and Instagram. Um, you know, if you ever made like a story or a reel, you can scroll through that catalog of music. That's basically what her um, label wants to be done before she can put the song out so people can start to sample the song and use it for their various TikToks, Instagram stories, Facebook stories, and um, reels. She want, They want all that to happen before she goes ahead and releases the song. And she's like, I just hate this. She even says it in the video. She's like, I hate that I can't just put my music out, that I have to do all this stuff before putting my music out. And they're just like, yeah, well, you know, this is how it's done these days. So she gave a couple receipts there for those that thought it was a game. But she's not the only one that this is happening to in the industry. And kind of thinking about it, like I believe several, especially women are falling into this category um, Chloe Bailey, she keeps putting out, if you notice, TikToks first, snippets first. So it's a TikTok or a snippet where she's performing to the song, trying to make the song go viral, putting it out there so everybody has a piece of the song. She did this for um Treat Me. She also did it for Mercy. So it's like she she would have to put out some type of a viral aspect before she can drop the song and even still with the success of both of those songs and the clips they have not greenlit her album yet her album still does not have a release date um, at the time of recording and every time we hear about new music it's new singles uh chloe went on her instagram last week and played a few snippets from four different songs and she's like which one should my next single and it's like, you've had single after single after single. When are we going to get an album? You know, when is the album coming? But it's almost like they will not push forth with any type of longer play um, project until after a viral moment happens. The same thing with Normani. Normani had a hit with uh, her collab with um, Cardi B, Wildside. Her new, I think her newer single, Play Fair or Fair or something like that, didn't do as well and no album from her either. Um, they're kind of using this as a way to hold back longer projects from these artists that we've been expecting projects from. It's crazy because they both keep releasing singles with huge budget videos, so they're definitely putting some money in there. But when it comes time for the album, it's just falling flat. Similarly, Croy LeRae put out several albums. She is definitely TikTok famous. She has millions of followers on TikTok. She had that huge collab with Nicki Minaj. Her album featured, you know, everybody who's hot right now. She had her, she had Fabio Foreign, Young um, M.A., she had Nav on there, and still only sold 11,000 copies. So it doesn't really help the girls that are coming behind her or any other artists when they're telling you, you have to have this viral moment because she kind of released her album without one. And then it was just like, did not sell, did not do as well as projected. And they're feeling like, well, this is exactly why we have this formula. My thing is this, and I feel like Adele also alluded to this before she put her album out, how they were just like, well, you know, you got to have at least one or two pop songs for the kids to do TikTok dances too and stuff like that. And she's like, I'm not making music, no offense, but I'm not making music for the TikTok kids. I'm making music for people like me who 
are in their late 30s and early 40s and have kids and want to drink wine and have these evolved relationships and just want to talk about what's going on in their lives. Like, why do I have to always relate to whatever is like trending right now? And I think that's what's kind of gained her success that she stays true to herself. But, you know, Adele also does numbers. So it's like, if you're a person that does medium numbers, you really don't have a say as to an Adele who's like, I'm going to sell this album, whether it's on TikTok or not, you know, my voice is going to sell this album. So some people have that kind of grace. Some people don't, but I just feel like it was so interesting. It's like the music that we're literally getting, if the people aren't going viral on TikTok, we're not getting new music from them. LMA just put out a beautiful new album that I've been listening to like for the last two or three weeks. And I'm just like, I wonder if it'll do well. I wonder if her last album do well, did well. I wonder if that's why they held her for so long afterwards. Um, because possibly it didn't do as well as they wanted it to. But, you know, we need a variety of different music. You guys cannot just keep putting out whatever is going to pop on TikTok. Like, can we actually get music music? Like, this is why I think so many artists want to be independent because they just can't stand to be part of that machine. Um, But if you're not, you don't get the nominations. You don't get the invitations to award shows. You don't get any of that until you get a big hit. Um, versus the people that are on the record labels and stuff, they have a bit of an easier road to hoe when it comes to acknowledgement, getting people to listen to your music, getting people to know who you are, collaborating with the biggest people. Like record labels help you do all of that. Without that, you really have to create a buzz, you know, for yourself. I don't know. I want to see some of these uh, newer artists get full projects so we can actually hear more from them and what they're actually giving. I feel like it's always hard to kind of gauge that through a single, um, but we have to keep doing that because that's all we're getting. All we're getting is single, single after single after single. So we shall see, but I hope you guys liked that deep dive. Stay tuned for our outro comments. All right, T-Crew, this is my least favorite part of the podcast where I have to say goodbye to you. I just wanted to thank you all for listening, streaming, interacting with the comment, answering our questions, answering our polls, anything you do to kind of get us out there more. I really appreciate you all doing that from the bottom of my heart. We got to keep growing this little community um, and just get people to find us. help people find the podcast and what we're doing over here as always arrest the cops that killed brianna taylor we won't stop until she gets the justice that she rightly deserves have a beautiful day or night wherever you are and i love you for listening bye